0: In an ideal world, relationships that end would do so clearly and with no loose ends. Each person would walk away feeling like they'd tied a nice, neat bow on the matter. But we don't live in an ideal world, and endings can be messy and feel incomplete. What do we do when we're left with lots of loose ends and no one to help us tie them up? Welcome to Episode 9 of How Can I Say This, where we talk about how to find the right words when words escape us. I'm your host, Beth Below, and I am so pleased that you've chosen to spend this time with me. In this episode, we're going to do a deep dive into a listener question about how to find relationship closure alone when it's not possible to do it together. Before I go into that, a quick announcement. As I shared in Episode 7, I'm launching a weekly e-newsletter that serves as a companion piece to this podcast. Each week, you'll receive practical communication tips and resources that you can use in every area of your life. The content will be short, to the point, and often will reinforce or expand on that week's episode. To say thank you for subscribing, you'll receive a link to download the specially produced document, How Can I Say This? Tips for Giving and Receiving Feedback. You'll find a link to subscribe on the main page at HowCanIsayThis.com. And while you're there, consider submitting a question for a future episode. I want this podcast to be about what's important to you and what you want to know, and your questions are critical to making that happen. Okay, let's get going with this episode's listener question. It comes from Sally, and it was submitted through the online listener question submission form. She wrote, What are your tips for finding closure from a conflict that's many years ago that you've realized is still a bit of an open wound? Not something that bothers you terribly or on a daily basis, but something that still weighs heavily when certain memories pop up, even though you haven't had contact with that person for many years. Should you reach out to them to find closure? Or can you find closure on your own? First, oh my gosh, who does not have a story like this to tell? I have a few that took years of processing and healing to work through. As I said in my introduction, we tend to prefer closure, that sense of having turned to the last page of the book, read the ending, and then shut the book and put it back on the shelf or donate the book to a thrift store, or burn it, whatever feels most appropriate and cathartic. Sometimes we experience that sense of closure and completion in a relationship, and with it comes relief, even in the midst of pain or grief. We let it go, and we move on. But that doesn't always happen. Sometimes we don't know when it's the last time we'll speak with someone. Or we do the equivalent of going to bed angry, and when we wake up, the other person is gone we lose our chance to talk, and we can't make things right. Or we think we have closure, but find our thoughts floating back to the person or situation, wishing it had a different ending, or that it didn't leave us feeling so emotional or cause our blood to boil. In terms of how can I say this, the focus of my response today is less on what we say to others at the moment of disillusion and more about what we say to ourselves when the responsibility for closure falls squarely on our shoulders. Our self-talk can be extremely loud and it can tell us that we should be feeling shame, guilt, distrust, grief, or even powerlessness. It can also, as Sally describes, eat away at you a little bit at a time, popping up just often enough to say, hey, I'm still here, that you feel distracted and a tug to the past that weighs you down. I mentioned I have a few stories like that. One was from graduate school when my boyfriend broke up with me over email. (laughs) This was early winter 1995, so 23 years ago, almost to the month Email was still a relatively new tool at that time, and the rules of email etiquette were still being formed. That said, I can safely say that breaking up a relationship over email was a really crummy thing to do. I won't detail my attempts at closure, except to say that making the effort was one of the most profound growth experiences of my life, and that complete closure with my boyfriend never happened. I had to work through it on my own over a period of time. My processing included writing a short story about it in a creative writing class several years later, which, when I read it out loud, led my fellow writers to cringe and make sympathetic noises in my direction. There is no doubt that writing about it with the benefit of distance was a critical part of my healing. That's one way I would respond to Sally's question. When you find that a past relationship still lingers and takes up too much space, it's an opportunity to examine the story that you have around it. For instance, my personal story went from, I was dumped in a most undignified way, to, that was the moment I realized I deserve better than to be treated in such a callous way. In writing about the incident, I was able to rewrite the story from an empowered mindset instead of feeling like a victim. So one step is to examine the story from beginning to end, not just focusing on the end. Reflect on how the relationship began. What did you appreciate about the relationship? Who were you when it started? As you think through the evolution of the relationship, where did it end up? How did you leave it? Who were you at that point? What did you learn? How were you changed? And what felt unresolved? This could all be a mental exercise. Or if it helps, write it down, perhaps in the form of a letter that you're sending to a friend you trust. You could also frame it as a letter to the other person, if that's helpful. This is not about the angry letter that we sometimes hear suggested, where you vent on the page, then rip it up without sending it. This is more about shifting the narrative from the perspective of, here's the story we share and what I experienced and learned from it. From there, you might have some added objective perspective that can inform your next steps. If you feel you need to find closure by contacting the other person, you can craft the letter so that it can be shared with them. Only share it if you can do so without any expectation of a response. You have to be okay with sending it and not receiving a reply. We can't know how the other person feels, and we don't know if they also feel the tension or weight of the unresolved issue. We can't expect them to process it in the same way that we do. In fact, tread carefully if you decide to make contact because they might still be holding on to the pain and see it as an opportunity to lash out at you and reopen the wounds. That's the other risk that you have to be willing to accept and navigate. If you choose to find closure on your own, know that it might take some time and involve setbacks. I once had a boss with whom I had a falling out, and while we had a final goodbye conversation, I felt a great deal of resentment and actually hostility towards her for almost 10 years. And yes, I actually did say 10 years. I knew it was ridiculous, but I held on to it and practically shot arrows with my eyes every time I saw her out in public. I had given her a lot of power. There were times when I was able to just look away and ignore her. That was progress of a sort, but the wound was still open and still present. Then, one day, I saw her across the room, and I realized that I was done being mad at her. I realized that I had allowed her and our failed partnership to chip away at my good nature. I'm not the type that shoots literal or figurative arrows at anyone, after all. In that moment, I decided that I didn't need to carry around the story of us anymore. It no longer served any purpose, if it ever did. Which brings me to a point to consider that I've mentioned on this podcast once before. Look at the relationship and ask yourself, was it for a reason, a season, or a lifetime? Just that small awareness has helped me to move on and feel closure and lose the weight more than just about anything else. If the relationship was for a reason, what was it? What did you learn that you couldn't have learned any other way? Once you discern what that lesson is, say a word of gratitude to them. For instance, thinking of the crummy boyfriend, I might say, thank you for helping me to realize that I have the power to confront anyone who doesn't treat me with dignity and respect. Thank you for creating an opportunity for me to see clearly that I deserve better. To the former boss, I might say, thank you for introducing me to a group of colleagues who have become beloved friends those were the reasons those people were in my life. What if it was for a season? You can do the same exercise. Recognize that there was a beginning, a middle, and an end to the relationship, and just like the seasons, it was meant to move on to a new iteration. What did you appreciate about it? What do you hope was planted to bloom another time? What do you want to release or even bury? Perhaps do a writing or reflection exercise like I described a few minutes ago, naming the gifts and lessons that you want to keep from the relationship, expressing gratitude for them, and intentionally choosing which pieces you are going to leave behind. If things didn't end well, but you feel the relationship was meant for a lifetime, sit with the idea of reestablishing contact and what you would hope from a conversation. I still suggest doing a closure process on your own. Through writing or other means, tell the story of what you learned, what you're grateful for, and what you want to release. Be ready to approach the other person without attachment or expectation. That might be challenging since you have determined for yourself that the relationship is worth moving through the discomfort of a direct conversation. There's always a chance that the other person doesn't share that perspective, and that is what you need to be ready for. Decide how much transparency you want to demonstrate. I can imagine saying something like, The way we left things last time we spoke was really upsetting to me. I feel nervous about revisiting it, but our relationship is important to me, so it feels worth the risk. Would you be open to talking about it? They might not be, but my guess is that they'll be more receptive if you're honest about feeling vulnerable and acknowledge that it's a difficult situation. Even if they don't want to reopen the conversation, at least you tried and can rest easier with that knowledge. One final thought about closure that I invite you to consider. Sometimes there's a specific action you need to take to bring the relationship to completion. It might be an apology or other acknowledgement of wrongdoing or pain. Or perhaps in the case of a business arrangement, there's an item to be returned, a refund to be issued, or some other compensation given. Take whatever opportunity you can to take that action. I always find wisdom in one of Dale Carnegie's golden rules. When you make a mistake, admit it quickly and emphatically. State what went wrong, take responsibility for whatever you have responsibility for, and be clear in your acknowledgement of it. If an apology is called for, give it. If you need to return something, return it. There's no need to make a big deal about it, and you don't need to do lots of explanations. Try to see it as a lesson learned and move on. If there's emotional work to be done around it, I go back to the idea of writing and reflection as a way to process through it. The bottom line is that closure doesn't always happen with all of the affected people present, and it doesn't always happen when it feels like it should. There are times when we have to create our own process of deciding what to keep and what to let go of when a relationship falls apart. Even when you have real-time closure with someone, there can be a lingering emotional hangover that still requires your attention. That's when you have to turn your attention inward and take care of yourself. Give yourself space to feel all the feels. Write it out. Talk it out. Create new associations with places and objects so that the last time you experienced them wasn't with that person. Notice how much power you're giving them, even when they're not there and decide to take back your power by putting the relationship in big picture perspective. While none of us wishes for things to fall apart in heartbreaking fashion, giving yourself space to rewrite your story and create your own closure can turn the situation into one more experience that makes you uniquely you. Thanks for that question, Sally. I feel like I only was able to respond to one possible way of looking at it, and there's still more that could be said. But I'll stop for now and hope that it's useful to you and everyone else listening. Remember that you can find information about how to connect with me and the services that I offer at howcanisaythis.com. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter to receive more communication tips straight to your inbox. If you have a How Can I Say This question to submit for a future episode, you'll find the online submission form at HowCanIsayThis.com. You can also leave a text or voicemail 24-7 at 562-704-6643. You'll find that number on the Submit a Question page on the website. And lastly, you can email me with your question directly at Beth at HowCanIsayThis.com. And no matter how you submit a question, you always have the choice to be completely anonymous if you like. I hope to hear from you. And if you enjoy this podcast, I invite you to share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. And I ask that you take just a moment to leave a review on iTunes or whichever platform you listen through. Your decision to review and subscribe really does make a difference. It tells me that you're out there and what you think of this show. And second, it helps others to make the decision about whether or not it's worth their time to listen. I'm really grateful to everyone who has rated and reviewed the show so far here, and I hope you will consider joining them. <laughs> This is Beth Bilo, and you've been listening to How Can I Say This? A very special happy birthday to our podcast producer, Paul Messing. Thank you, Paul, for everything that you do to make the show sound great. (laughs) Our theme music is by Brett Anderson. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I invite you to take what you've learned here and use it to speak up, speak out, and speak courageously.